It's the show where Hawaii's newsmakers come to talk and to take your questions live. From the nation's capital to Honolulu Hale, from the state legislature to the fifth floor, we bring the experts to you and ask them what you want to know. Spotlight Hawaii with Yanji Denise and Ryan Palaisuji on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Long's Drugs. Hello and thanks for tuning in on this Monday morning. I'm Ryan Kalei-Suji and this is Spotlight Hawaii on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Uh, I am alone today as Yanji has uh, taken some much needed time off. But joining me this morning is a familiar guest uh, all the way from the Hawaii State Capitol on the fifth floor is Governor Josh Green. Good morning, Governor. Thanks so much for joining me. Good morning, Ryan. Thanks for having me. You know, uh, let's start off just sort of broadly here, just coming off of 100 days uh, in office in this new role for you as governor. Uh, this is also a busy time at the legislative session with crossover bills happening as well. I uh, wanted to just get your general thoughts on, on where things are at uh, during the legislative process, how your, uh, your thoughts on some of the agendas and things that you had pushed forward in this first 100 days. Sure. Well, thank you for the question. Yes, it's been a ferocious 100 days. Our team has been active 24-7. It's 2,000 hours, and it's, it's quite something to behold. We're very grateful to get to serve. Right off the bat, we released the grants and aid. They had languished. Those are uh, funds that go to groups that really need it, like Goodwill Hawaii, IHS, Hawaii Food Bank. For some reason, they had been stuck in the process for seven months, and so we just released them. And that, I think, was a, a show of good faith in our service community. So that happened right off the bat before the holidays, and we just kept charging from there. Of course, we have to construct a budget, which are based uh, on our values, basically, those appropriations. And that's things like making sure everyone has access to a doctor or a nurse. So we have resources in there for loan repayment for social workers, psychologists, other mental health workers, doctors and nurses. Key stuff. Uh, fixing our facilities, also very important. And along the way, as we produce that budget, which is also very heavily focused on housing, and I'm grateful, by the way, that the Senate and House are also focused on housing and homelessness. Along the way, other things have happened, like we had the Hawaii life flight crisis right smack dab in the middle of our first two weeks. Uh, that was when a plane was lost and we lost three uh, beautiful people. And then they had to stand down for safety purposes for basically a month. So we had to cobble together a solution between essentially the National Guard and the Coast Guard to make sure we had enough transport capabilities for our people who were sick to get them from neighbor islands to Oahu. And I'm happy to report that we did that and have since done some other things structurally. It's not real sexy, but we talk about it behind the scenes, like increasing reimbursements to make sure that Hawaii Life Flight can actually fly and buy new materials and planes and more staff and so on. That's important. So we're doing things like that. We chased homelessness immediately out of the gate. You saw that, I believe, the day that I delivered the state of the state address, where I actually signed that proclamation to allow us to build Kauhale across the state. It's necessary. We're putting in a process that's going to be thoughtful about the environment and Kupuna Evi, but we're also making sure that we can actually take some actions. So what we've done in the first 100 days is set up a lot of the future for our state. Of course, some of this is dependent on the legislature, as you pointed out, like what will they pass as far as our tax plan? We put out a tax plan that's $315 million of tax relief for people that are what's described as Alice families, people who are asset limited or living paycheck to paycheck. That has to happen. And we're going to stay working on this problem until it's solved. 
we will not be able to leave the legislative session without some good tax break for people because number one, we have a surplus and two people are hurting enough that we can't leave them behind. So that's again, our values of, of Ohana essentially. So we're going to do that. They will do something on the green fee, which as you know, was my team that pushed and proposed it. I would prefer a larger kind of more dynamic proposal where it's a modest fee on everyone who comes to Hawaii. But I'm also very enthusiastic about the ideas that they have, which is to have the green fee or a license applied to certain locations where people visit. So we decrease the impact where too many people are going to certain areas of Hawaii and we increase the revenues to deal with climate change and the impact that basically 10 million travelers have on our state. So all these things are happening. Meanwhile, I'm sure you want to hear about nominees and Aloha Stadium and all sorts of things. So I'm here to answer whatever questions you've got. Yeah, let's jump right into uh, some of those nominees, specifically your nominee for DVED, Chris Saidiasu, who was voted down uh, by a Senate committee. You know, in, in pre uh, previous conversations that we've had on this show, you know, you asked your former colleagues in the Senate for more civility in how, you know, your nominees are treated. Do you feel that happened uh, in this case? And what's next for the leader of who would eventually lead DVED for your department? So Chris and I are going to meet with our other uh, top officials today at one, and we'll find out. I wanted to give him the weekend to kind of take a breath because uh, he is a very good human being. He's also very experienced, if I might uh, remind people. This is a guy who spent 20 years working on these kind of pro uh, projects. And just in the first 100 days, as we've been discussing, he was the guy that got the job done on uh, changing how we look at tourism by getting that contract out to do both management and marketing of tourism through HTA. Now, that's quite an accomplishment in the first hundred days when it had been stuck and been kind of a mess for the last couple of years. So got to give a guy like that credit. So am I disappointed that he didn't win uh, that committee over? Sure I am because it's really not a good decision. Uh, I'm not going to impugn them. I'm just going to hope that if Chris would like to stay on and have a vote on the floor, I would like them all to think through what it means to have someone that really has experience in my cabinet, in our team, in our administration, we're using merit. We're not, you know, treating people um, to jobs because they have a relationship or because they maybe had a bunch of people love them. We're going for people that have enough experience to get the job done. And that means housing. It means this kind of tax plan. It means DBED. So I would hope that ultimately that carries the day. That really is what the people of Hawaii want. They do not want... Uh, people to reflect on fights they've had or or their own political baggage that they've had with others. They want us to put good people in there who want to serve. And Chris is one of those good people. Like I said, I'll ha be happy to share next week or the week after if he does decide that he doesn't want to go through that full committee vote. But this is, again, a very good and qualified person, definitely with more qualifications than, as far as I can tell, even members on the panel have or I have to deal with economic development. That's why he's the choice for the directorship. So I think that that would be more fair. I will say uh, that we are gonna keep holding people to the standard of being civil and kind to one another. We're watching every single hearing, every single confirmation uh, discussion. And we take that seriously because how we behave at the Capitol, how I behave, how the leadership and the members in the House and Senate behave should be uh, something that all the people can reflect on in our state. And we want them to feel that their leaders are respectful of one another. And we just have to take it case by case. 
you know, if it does go to the full uh, Senate for a floor vote, have you had any indication or talks with other colleagues, your former colleagues in the Senate, if he could still be passed through, even though the committee uh, voted him down in, in that way? Do you think that there's enough support there among senators? It's close. I don't know for sure. I will tell you that uh, if the past is any kind of indication, it's possible because, interestingly, the DBET director uh, that preceded our current acting director, Chris, uh, that was a gentleman named Mr. McCartney, and he, I believe, was voted down 5-0 in the committee and then on the floor ended up going through, I believe it was 15-10. to 10. So sometimes this kind of thing happens. Uh, they have different reasons for that, and I won't get into that kind of inside baseball, but I will say that a lot of the senators and others have reached out to me to say they really like Chris and they felt terrible that that the committee didn't actually vote him forward, maybe three, two or four, one. And again, I'm not judging. People have to cast the vote that they feel is in their heart. But if we are the Aloha state, let's do what we can to find Aloha for these nominees who want to serve and solve problems. And this guy's actually already solving problems. So I was hopeful that because of that, he would get kind of a thumbs up. He's also done some very good work on our Aloha Stadium proposal. These are hard, big projects. So I'd, I'd rather not have to find another individual and train them up. I will if I have to, uh, but that's that's where we are. There, there definitely could be a favorable vote for him, but I don't like to put people through something if it's not going to be fruitful. Let's talk a little bit about Aloha Stadium because that would ultimately be a big part of this DBET role. Um, can you give us the latest uh, on this project? And, and do you think that a delay in the confirmation of this director for this department could impact the timeline at all? Uh, it shouldn't because we have a team of people working on it. What has to happen next is I've had several meetings with uh, the Speaker of the House and the Senate President. They came on spotlight, I believe, and, and shared that they were in fundamental agreement that the that the stadium should be built with about $350 million and then the $49.5 million additional dollars to do the demolition and handle some of the overage. And then we move forward with a request for a proposal to do that. There would be naming rights, of course, that go also to the building of the stadium. So we're essentially of the same mind. Uh, there's going to be another meeting later this week. We're working very closely with one of the executives at the university. He's giving us some added notes to the Senate uh, leadership I've really been including them because I respect them. I respect their opinions. Do I always agree with how things play out? No, but I do respect their thoughts and I want this to be a collaboration. That's what the people deserve. So I think it is going to be 399.5 million for the stadium. I think that we will get a design, build, operate and manage contract. And I think that we will also build housing, which we have to build housing on that property. Some of the devil will be in the details, of course, but I'd like to get that RFP out irrespective of who the DBED director is uh, as soon as possible. If we don't amend it too much, then we save time. If it, if I'm forced to amend it because there had been some disagreement, then it takes an added eight months, but either way, I'm going to push very hard to get us a stadium for our kids and our, and our university and whatever else comes to Hawaii. You know, you'd mentioned the naming rights, which has been something relatively new that has been brought to the table, or at least talked about. Uh, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit more about has have there been any discussion discussions with, say, a private entity or companies that would be interested in this as seeing as Aloha Stadium and the state of Hawaii, obviously, we don't have any professional sports teams. So the allure of a marketing uh, naming right may not be as much. But uh, how confident are you that this is something that could take place and could help fund this project? I'm completely confident. I was going to name it Yunji Stadium, but because she <laughs> skipped out on us, that's off the table now. I hope she's watching. 
But what I really do seriously think is going to happen is I think you're going to get significant interest from entities possibly like Sony, possibly Amazon. I will not be surprised if some of our own prominent local entities, because I've had minor, quick, small conversations with some of them, like perhaps Hawaii Pacific Health, perhaps Hawaiian Airlines or one of our banks. I think they all will benefit. I think they'll want to have some part in naming and in some part in some of the boxes that exist uh, for promotion and investment. Uh, but some of the big boys are definitely interested. It looks like $1.6 to $3 million a year is the range typically for stadiums of this size. But that could be significant if it's, say, over 20 years. Imagine 20 years times $3 million. It's an, it's an additional $60 million to help build the stadium. So it's important because my hope is that we get 25,000 seats. We basically need that many seats to make it a competent stadium. And that's the first iteration. Then we would want to be able to expand it in phase two, another 10,000 seats. We have to be pragmatic and we have to build this thing somewhat quickly just because people deserve it. Uh, another issue that we know that you are passionate about is hospitals and healthcare, and, and want to focus on Hawaii Island and the hospitals there. In the current budget, they cross over to the House, uh, to the Senate, the Kona Community Hospital, which has asked for $22 million, is slated to get $7 million. And Hilo, uh, which asked for $50 million, is uh, allotted $25 million. Uh, are you satisfied with this amount? Because we know that this was something that you were also concerned about, knowing firsthand about some of the things and the needs for Hawaii Island and healthcare overall. Sure. Well, we need those appropriations. My team put down what are called governor messages, GMs, uh, 50 million for Hilo Hospital to expand their capacity, mostly their intensive care units and their medical surgical units. Uh, that's necessary over time. How the House and Senate ultimately make the decision to fund these things, whether it's over two years or three years, will be up to them. I release those monies very quickly, unlike almost any other governor. I do that in real time every day to make sure resources are going out to the community one, to make sure our people have their needs met, two, so that we don't suffer the ill effects of a potential economic downturn. I want this building going on and these repairs going on. They need $50 million ultimately to expand those services in Hilo so they don't have to be sending people over to Oahu when they get sick. Now, the Kona situation is a little bit more dire. That $20 million and a large part of that's going to be necessary is meant to keep the facility open. They have some significant challenges with their infrastructure as far as air quality and if they can't keep the air circulation going, you can't keep uh, intensive care units open. You can't keep surgical theaters open. You wouldn't be able to actually deliver services there. So I'm very confident that they will win the day. Again, having been a, a rep and a senator over the course of 14 years, I know that what happens is they have to navigate a negotiation with each body. And they tend to divide resources and we'll hear from each of them and their priorities in the next, say, five weeks. But I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go with all those resources. We have the money. We have the bonding capability. We have about the best bonding rating uh, in the history of mankind here out of Hawaii because we've been thoughtful about our budget over the years. So we have to do those things for healthcare. Keep in mind that we're trying to overhaul the entire healthcare system. Right now, our hospitals are very full, not because we don't have enough facilities, but because we don't have enough personnel working in long-term care facilities, in uh, step-down units, in medical respite. We just don't have enough bodies to provide care at those levels, so people end up getting stuck at the hospital. That's why I'm proposing, and it's in the budget, resources to pay down the loans of, like I mentioned, social workers and nurses and doctors. We need to be the health state and bring those personnel here. Uh, and believe me, it's a good investment. When we were in the midst of COVID, you remember just to hire nurses for three months during the peak of the Delta variant surge when people were like really, really, really overwhelming the hospitals. 
We spend over $77 million just on visiting nurses. Instead, we ought to be spending 10 to $20 million a year paying down the loans and debts of healthcare workers, our local kids, so that when they come back from medical school, either from the mainland or they finish medical school here or nursing school here or in the mainland, that they can get their debt forgiven and work here back home uh, near their aging parents and grandparents. Another big project that is currently being debated on and, and how to tackle is the convention center. And you've recently released 15 million to temporarily fix the roof uh, on top of the Hawaii convention center, but that is just a temporary fix. Um, you know, costs for the repairs are estimated to escalate to 35% uh, to a maybe 88 million over that time. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the state should go about fixing this facility? Uh, another project that, you know, means a lot to obviously the tourism industry, but amongst the priorities of everything else that needs to be done, where does the convention center stack up on this list? It's high. Uh, one thing I did do is I've had excellent conversations with the house uh, chair of finance, and he's very intent on spending money on repair and maintenance, uh, especially during recessions. It's one way to get the most bang for your buck in some areas without having the ill effects of, of pretty rampant inflation. So I think that we're going to meet with some uh, good results there. But we can't turn our backs on the convention center. It, it is definitely an economic driver for us. It's something to be proud of. It's a very beautiful facility. I think they do a great job there. Uh, but, you know, the roof has gotten old and you have to fix these things. We have to have a convention center. We have to have a stadium. We're going to need a lot more housing. These are big projects that will they will definitely happen. And we should do what we can to, of course, finish the rail project off and get housing along that line. This is the future. I mean, we've really turned the page on the last generation of governing in Hawaii. And so now's the time with our surplus to go at this. But I'm very mindful of what could happen as far as the global economy goes. And therefore, it will be a good time to have our workers actually on the job fixing stuff. Something else that continues to make headlines, it, it does every legislative session, the debate continues on about recreational marijuana. Uh, and we know that there's legislation that is currently moving through uh, the legislature right now. Wanted to get your thoughts on the likelihood of anything passing this session. And if not, uh, how do you think that the state can prepare for um, making this a reality? As we know that this was something that you'd spoke about during your campaign for uh, governor was uh, getting this uh, into law and making recreational marijuana something that is legal here in Hawaii. Yes, I appreciate that. So I have instructed my cabinet to prepare if the bill passes to make sure that they are prepared to make it safe. So our keiki, to the extent that we can control it, don't get access to marijuana. We've also been making sure that we're aware of what happens in other states when legalization occurs. Right now, there is an impasse. The Senate has passed it and the House is still making up their minds. Uh, may not be this session. That's not a question for me. And I have a really deep regard and a positive relationship with the leadership in the house. And so I do defer to them. And when they feel that we're ready as a state to legalize things, uh, I will sign the bill when it comes to me. I've asked that resources be given to law enforcement and healthcare personnel uh, from, you know, from whatever revenues come from the sale of marijuana, if it does happen. I've asked also a lot of experts, do they think there would be a large incremental increase in marijuana use in our state? And has that happened in other states when legalization occurs? And they tend to think it will not be a large incremental increase Actually, the people that would avail themselves of legal marijuana would probably be travelers, vacationers. And I don't mind that. They are going to be taking Ubers and Lyfts and all these other um, you know, ways to get around town. They will be having a happy, probably a very happy vacation and holiday if we legalize uh, marijuana. But the, the truth is, I'm not too worried right now 
but I'm cognizant of what it could do to our, you know, the social fabric of our society. So we'll be careful. Uh, I don't think that the House has decided um, when they're going to pass the bill. I've heard different accounts, and that's why I really defer to the speaker and others on that. I will have to administer the program, though, and we do have a pretty solid medical marijuana program. If it does become legal, I suspect I suspect that marijuana sales would mostly go through dispensaries at first, where we already have a fair amount of oversight. Uh, one of the concerns that some have had is the potency of, of medical marijuana. It's very carefully regulated for people's health. We have to be thoughtful about those things, but I'm trying not to get in people's uh, lives socially. I'm trying to give them the freedom to make the decisions they want. And I try to make that my ideology across all things. For example, we're going to uh, champion women's reproductive rights on Wednesday. I'm going to sign the piece of legislation that protects healthcare providers if they're caring for an individual who chooses not to have a baby at a certain time, if they've chosen, chosen to, to terminate a pregnancy. That's a very private decision between a woman and her physician. And so I think the state has to make sure that that's available. So that's consistent with people's other social decisions uh, and healthcare decisions that they make in their lives. Well, one of the biggest issues that you'll have to continue to oversee is what's happening at Red Hill and wanted to just get an update on any of the conversations that you're having. Your thoughts on the progress that the Navy is making, as we know, there's still a lot of concern by those who have been following this closely that the potential for leaks continue to exist. Uh, what have those conversations been like uh, with you and the military? And if you can update us on any uh, give us any updates on where things are at right now. I can. So I actually met with my team this morning to discuss this, especially our, our director of health and our environmental health lead, plus our attorney general. We are going to hold the military accountable and keep their feet to the fire to drain Red Hill on a proper timetable. Uh, I will say that we expressed some concern today that when they announced that they had uh, the mandate to do an EIS, an environmental impact statement, uh, on the process, I, you know, I'm hopeful that they're not using that as a delay. We do need to drain the fuel from Red Hill in an expedited, safe way. And the oversight committee that I'm putting together is meant to make sure that we can report back quality of water. It's going to be an oversight uh, committee on water in general. Of course, that will include things like Red Hill. It's going to include also things like the perpetual chemicals that are worrying people, like PFOS that has been detected in you know, different parts of our environment. All these things are very serious. They're serious health questions, and as a physician governor, they probably rise to the, the top of what I'm worried about. Uh, but we will be meeting with regularity, and then I'll be whiteboarding exactly the updates for people so they can go to our social media, the at Gov Josh Green, and see those updates like we've always done, uh, just like we did with COVID. And I want it to be that transparent. I don't have any expectation that it will be an easy job for the military to drain Red Hill, but they have to do it, and then they have to close it down forever. I want to circle back to something you mentioned right off the top, and, and that is regarding affordable housing, specifically Kalhales, and you said that there is a need for more of them. Uh, knowing that you have worked with this type of housing, uh, up, you know, standing up this types of housing in the past, is there a specific area that you would like uh, the next sector of Kalhales to be focused on, uh, knowing that it is a big part of your affordable housing plan? Yes, in the urban core. The, uh, the truth is we had a meeting on Friday with all the law enforcement in the the urban core in the region, city, county, state, we're, you know, we're talking together 100%. And there's concern right now around the state capitol, around Iolani Palace, around Queens Hospital. There has to be a solution here. So either we will need to move the 
uh, Honu project here temporarily to one of the uh, plots of land that's right downtown and get people out of these clusters of, of homelessness, help those who will accept help and those who are dealing drugs are going to have to be arrested. And it's really that straightforward. So I'm trying to be as thoughtful as I can. Most of the people that are suffering in the homeless state really have just been hurting and they need our help. They need to get into tiny homes or, or other permanent housing. And there are a few people that have not you know, taken it upon themselves to get their, their life straight. And they've been causing a little bit of trouble, scaring a few people. So I'm balancing both, both positions and I'm going to do something compassionate and that's to create some cow holly, but right downtown, uh, we need more bathrooms. We need places that when people leave Queens hospital at three in the morning, instead of going and laying on the curb, they go into a bed. And the same thing goes for people that are otherwise kind of clustered around the Alani palace. So it's a big deal. We have to have Kauhale in every region, just like we have to have shelters, just like we have to have better access to mental health care for those who would take it. In saying on the topic of affordable housing, a large piece of this will have to be uh, how much money is funded from the legislature. Have you had continued discussion with the finance chairs uh, and, and or the Senate president or, or House leader to discuss just how much money is going to be appropriated overall, because we know that you have some pretty ambitious goals of what you would like done, uh, only if the legislature appropriates that money. How are things going on those discussions and negotiations overall? Very well. You know, the Council on Revenues did decrease the projection of how much money we'd have available, but it still left us with basically a billion dollars in surplus. And that's if we funded all of the proposals that are currently on the table. Our last proposal was $900 million for uh, subsidies for housing. So we definitely can do that if they'd like to stagger it a little bit. Uh, that's the prerogative of the legislature. But, you know, historically, the way we governed was uh, the House and Senate come in in January and they leave in May and you don't hear about these things again till later. Well, if we have ongoing crises uh, with me as governor, I will happily, proudly call people in to work a problem and put out more resources or amend the law or find you know a way to a solution uh, because that's what people deserve. They want us to be working on these things steadily. Now, my team is 24-7, 365, of course, and the legislators mostly view it that way. It's just that they don't have the capacity if they're out of session to solve problems. So if they don't appropriate the full $900 million and we spend it quickly on, on housing projects, you could be sure I'll have us back in session to do the next uh, quantity of money. Also, as you know, we do have the $600 million of Hawaiian homelands, and someday I'm going to have a Hawaiian homelands chairperson. And when I do, they'll be able to spend it. I want to get your thoughts on, on the appointment and that process. We know that uh, Kali Watson made it through that hearing process. But overall, uh, do you think that he has enough support as it goes to the floor for, for his official confirmation? He does. Kali appears to have the votes without too much difficulty. I don't take it for granted, but I'm told that most people support him. There is one senator who seems pretty um, angry with us and, and I won't name him. I'll let I'll leave that to you. It's uh, one of the Republican gentlemen, but uh, he's really been going off. Uh, but look, that's not the responsibility of Senator Kochi. And really, the people should know that we're trying to put good people in there. And so anybody who just says no, 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 no all the time, that's not about helping the people of Hawaii. So I'd ask everyone to be a little bit more thoughtful than that. Uh, but Kali Watson should go through. He has done the job before. He understands what it will mean uh, to develop the $600 million worth of housing. And there may even be some, uh, some opportunities for us to acquire some lands that have already moved fairly far down the road on building. Anytime we have that opportunity, and, I, and let me actually say this to anyone who's watching or who watches it 
uh, subsequently in the next few days. If you've already done a development that had got installed or you were partway through, contact us. Maybe we can do something to help finish a project off and get it to the people of Hawaii, particularly the Hawaiian community. We want these houses to go up quickly. And I respect the Senate when they say that that should happen. You know, truth be told, I'm working as closely as one can with the, the leaders of the House and Senate, the rank and file members. They're all terrific uh, people uh, in one way or another. There should not be conflict. There are a few holdouts that seem to have some agenda, and I don't really understand why they wouldn't just be working on housing, homelessness, and affordability. That's what everyone knows we need help on. So these folks that I've nominated want to do it. And if they do a good job, they're going to you know, be very popular. If they don't do a great job, we'll find more support for them. But we need to get results for people. That's what has um, been repeated over and over and over again. And we even have resources to do it. Uh, there's lots of really exciting things on the horizon. Looks like we will host FestPAC, which is the Festival of the Pacific next year, bringing thousands of leaders from all across the region, highlighting Hawaii and our culture highlighting the cultures of those other countries all across the Pacific. We'd like to be focused on that. We'd like to see homeless solutions happen long in advance of that. We'd like to have the Aloha Stadium breaking ground uh, when those things happen. We'd like to build a Hawaiian cultural center. As you know, the First Lady, who's just fantastic and has been working as hard as I have on all these things, would like to see that. So we should be working on issues. We shouldn't be working on um, solving these relationship problems. Uh, I will do my part to bridge the gap between people to the extent that I can. But sometimes people will have to meet me halfway. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. But before we go, we just have to get an update. Uh, one of the things that we always discuss over the last few times has been the family dog. We spoke to your wife uh, about this as well and her reservations. Have there been any progress on potentially a first dog coming to Washington Place? Well, right now, interesting, you ask, we have been uh, dog sitting for our cousins Momo is at our house right now. He's awesome. Uh, I'll tell you, my family loves this little guy. It's a uh, small white dog, and his poops are very little, which is a, a positive thing. He's loud uh, and lovable. So we'll get a dog eventually. I know that uh, everyone wants me working all the big issues, but it is good to also remember that for people out there um, – Comfort animals. Animals do help people have a healthy life. People, uh, when they can, should have that kind of be part of what their family is. So we love Momo, but we're going to return him to his parents when they come back from Japan on Wednesday. All right. Well, we continue to wait and see, and, and we'll, we'll continue to uh, keep us posted on that progress and if the first dog actually becomes a reality. Governor Josh Green, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We always appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Aloha. Aloha. Well, there we heard uh, from the governor a lot of updates. Again, we want to encourage all of you, if you missed any portion of this uh, episode of Spotlight Hawaii, you can re-watch uh, this as a, a podcast as it appears uh, on those on various platforms or by tuning in later on Channel 50 for the rebroadcast. So feel free to capture this uh, on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Uh, we talked a lot and covered a lot of ground on a variety of topics. So I encourage you to go back to listen to it. But of course, one of the things that the governor continues to battle through is that nomination process of his directors. We spoke about his confidence in Chris Sariasu uh, continuing to lead that department despite being voted down by a Senate committee, says that uh, they may actually take this 
to the floor for a full Senate vote. That should be decided on within the next few days if they want to proceed. If not, the governor will have to name another nominee to this department uh, that will have to eventually go through that process. But you heard uh, the governor again requesting for civility, requesting for his nominees to be given an opportunity to prove themselves uh, after getting pushback once again with another nominee to lead one of his departments. Uh, of course, DBED will be a big part of the Aloha Stadium build-out. The governor remains confident that despite not having a director in place, that the project will continue to move forward under some variations and some changes that they've made to the overall structure of it, uh, most notably also saying that having naming rights and an opportunity for a private entity to help provide some support and funding for this is likely, and he's pretty confident that he will be able to find somebody to help oversee uh, or to take over that, those naming rights. Uh, but again, that will be something that will have to be worked through the DBET director, as well as all those who are involved with Aloha Stadium. Uh, also talked and touched upon the Hawaii hospitals and some of the funding, his disappointment with uh, where things are at in the cuts that were made to the overall request for the Hilo and Kona hospitals. But uh, still early in this legislative session, the governor will continue to track to see how funding shakes out for that, as well as a number of other bills and thoughts on uh, the convention center, his priority on trying to repair the roof there. We also heard uh, his comments on recreational marijuana and an update on Red Hill. So again, uh, a lot of topics we discussed this morning. Hope you can have time to go back and rewatch everything that we discussed with Governor Josh Green. Uh, we will actually be taking the next few days off, believe it or not. We have been doing Spotlight Hawaii for three years. And uh, between Yanji and I, we have not really taken a break. And so we will be spending the next two days, uh, the rest of the week, taking the week off. Yanji will be back here next week, Monday. Uh, so we uh, hope that you also enjoy your time. Many people are on spring break and we hope families are having a wonderful time relaxing. Uh, but we will see you right back here on Monday for another episode of Spotlight Hawaii. Until then, take care and aloha. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Long's Drugs.